This morning our lesson text comes uh, in the middle of a story. We're going to begin right in the middle. This is the time that Jesus had gone back to his hometown where he grew up, went to church or to synagogue as they went to at that time and uh, was asked to preach. And so uh, he's already read the text and everybody's settling in to hear what he's going to say about it. And that's where we begin our story today. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the word of God. And in my prayers, I read this, is that you won't have the same reaction to my sermon as you had to his, or as they had to his. Jesus began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up drove him out of town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. May God bless the reading of his word. Funny thing about Luke chapter 4. At the first part of it, it seems like everybody wants to throw Jesus off a cliff. Uh, At the beginning of the chapter, it's Satan. When Jesus is being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, it's not a cliff, it's the top of the temple, but he tries to talk Jesus into going up there and jumping off to prove that he's the Son of God. And now in this text, as Jesus has gone home to visit his friends and relatives, those people that he was closest to, those people who knew him the best, and to go to the synagogue and to preach in the synagogue, The end result is they want to take him up and throw him off a cliff. Now, why is that? What happened that that was what the end result was? Well, you know, these guys that went to the synagogue that morning, I doubt that as they were getting ready to go to church, that would be their kind of church, as they were getting ready to go, I doubt that any of them planned on getting so angry that they were going to try to commit murder that day. You know, they went to synagogue much like or for the same reasons that we come to church, most of us. It's what they do. It, It was who they were. They loved God. They loved the people of God. And they were called to come together on that Saturday or Sabbath for them to worship God. And so that's what they did. And that's why they showed up. Now, this particular Sabbath, there was extra excitement in the air. Because as we read, and as I mentioned, hometown boy made good was going to be there. 
And, and that was exciting. You know, it's exciting in San Angelo when we have someone that's grown up in this city and suddenly is on the national stage. Uh, I remember when we were living in Tyler, hearing about the excitement here because it was someone on Survivor from this area. You know, everybody was watching the show and it was all exciting. And I remember a guy that I knew when I lived here before played for the Texas Rangers. And boy, that was fun. And so we, we, we could sort of see, you know, what's going on there. You know, Nazareth was just a sleepy little backwoodsy town up in Galilee. And they hadn't produced many superstars before. And the town was, was sort of off the beaten path. It didn't have a major highway going through it. And as scholars tell us, there were maybe four or 500 people that lived there. And it really couldn't grow because it had limited water supply. You know, so, okay, they only had one well, and, and so only so many people could drink the water out of that well. And, and so to have someone make good, to have someone that they knew that, that people all over Galilee and all over the nation were talking about, uh, that was something special. So they knew he was going to be at church that day, that he was going to be in the synagogue, and they probably knew that he was going to read the text and deliver the lesson that day. Because he probably had done it before. Uh, most of us have been involved in smaller churches sometime in our life. And you know when that's going, when, when there's not many people there that just about every able-bodied guy is pressed into service at one time or another. And so Jesus had probably done this before. But it was different now. Now he was famous. And so they all packed in the synagogue. And Jesus, it came time for the lesson, and he stood up. They handed him the scroll. It was the scroll of Isaiah. And he began to go through the scroll and to find the passage that he wanted to read. And this is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. There's his text. So after he reads the text, he hands the scroll back to the attendant. He sits down. That's a little bit different. Uh, maybe I ought to get me a stool up here. But he sits down. That's the way they did the preaching then. And he begins to preach. And his opening sentence is, Today, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, that caused a lot of excitement because this was a time whenever people were really wanting scriptures like this one out of Isaiah to be fulfilled. They were intensely waiting for the coming of the kingdom of God. When God was going to reassert his authority upon the earth, he would send his Messiah and he would once again rule from Jerusalem and Israel would be the great nation it once had been. So when Jesus says, it's coming, in fact, this scripture is being fulfilled today, well, he got the people's attention, and they liked that message. And we don't have more of what Jesus said there in the beginning, but we know he continued to preach because the scripture tells us that as he was preaching, the people were looking at each other and punching each other and whispering and Sometimes that goes on here too. But anyway, they were, you know, they were whispering and talking. But what they were saying was, this is good stuff. Look at it. He is really good. And they were saying, and this is Joseph's son. He's one of our guys. Wow, this is something. But then 
Just as everything is going well, Jesus throws them a curveball. If he had just quit at that point, they could have probably taken a love offering and everything, you know, sent him on his way and been happy. But he keeps talking. And what he says is this. I know why most of y'all came today. (laughs) I don't know if he said y'all or not. I know why most of you came today. You came to see a show. You came to see something that would really wow you. You've heard the things that I've been doing throughout the area. And you wanted me to do something here. After all, this is home. And if I'm doing miracles in Capernaum, you want me to do a miracle in Nazareth. But I want to tell you how God works. I want to tell you what God's agenda is. And he goes back and pulls out a couple of stories out of what we now call the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. And one was the story about Elijah. And during a famine, and he said, you know, there was a famine that lasted three and a half years. And you know there were a lot of hungry people in Israel. And particularly widows that didn't have anyone to take care of them. And oh, family. That they were really suffering. And yet, did you notice that God sent Elijah to a widow outside of Israel? To a widow of Zarephath, of Sidon. And he said, you know, during the time of Elisha the prophet, lots of people in Israel had leprosy. But do you notice who God sent Elisha to or brought to Elisha to be healed? It was Naaman. And Naaman was a Syrian. Translation, God is more interested in these other folks and helping them than he is you. That made him mad. They're the people of God. God should have his attention on them. And to be told that these other people are going to get God's blessings and not them. That was an affront to them. And the rage built, and maybe it's just group think and group mentality, and before they knew it, they had him up and out, pushing him out the door. They pushed him to the edge of town. Nazareth sits up on a hill. There's some cliffs there. And they were about to push him off the cliff. And then we have a strange sentence and don't really know exactly what it means. It could be some people say, well, Jesus kind of, you know, just disappeared and walked away. Or I think it's more that when they got there, he just turned around and looked at them like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) And just because of his authority and who he was, he just walked through the crowd and nobody touched him and he left. That's the story. Now, what made these people so mad? Because the reason they came that day was unfulfilled. And what happened there was not what they expected. Okay. So why did you come to church today? Whatever reason you have, it's a good one. It got you here. And I'm glad. I don't know why you came. It may be because that's just who you are. You know, all your life on Sunday mornings, you get up, you get ready, you go to church. And it's kind of habit. Habit's good if it's that kind of habit. If it brings you into the presence of God's people to do all the things that we do together when we're at church. Keep the habit. 
It's a great one to have. Maybe you came because of expectations of other people. You know, maybe your parents told you, you're going to church today. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. It got you here. Or maybe your, your, your wife or your husband expected you to get up and come, and that's why you did. Or maybe you have friends here that they would call you up and ask you, where were you today? That's all right, too. Maybe you came because you really wanted to worship God, and you see the value of coming together as God's people and singing praises and sitting around the table and all the things that are done, and, and that's why you came. Or maybe you came because... Because you wanted to, to hear a word of God from His holy word and wanted to learn something new. And, and that's all good too. But did you think that maybe it might be good for you to come today so that we could make you mad? So we could rile you up a little bit and make you a little angry. I've made people mad in church before. Don't always intend to. But sometimes hearing the Word of God can do that. Because the word that Jesus spoke to His people was this. That God's agenda is to help the poor, to set the captive free, to give sight to the blind, to lift up those who are oppressed, and to go out and find the people that are not a part of God's family, and bless their lives. In other words, what made him mad was he said, Folks, this is not about you. And if it makes you mad to hear that this is not about you, then so be it. You know, most organizations we join, if you hang with them long enough and you stay a part of that organization, it really does become more about you. As you work your way into the internal heart of an organization, then what you like and what you want becomes more important because, after all, you're a vested member of that, and your opinion matters. And so many times in organizations, pleasing its members becomes the number one goal. That is not true with the people of God. The longer you're a member of the people of God, the less it becomes more about, about you. The longer you're a part of the people of God, the less we care what you like. Because it's not about you. It's about God's agenda. And the more that God has reached out and brought people in, then yes, God is here to help the poor. God is here to set the captive free. God is here to take those who are blind and walking around and bumping into things, whether that be spiritual blindness or physical. You know, He's here for those who are blind. He's here for those who are pushed down and held back and oppressed. And He's here also for the people who are still out there and have yet to come and be a part of the people of God. But once He's got us, and once we become his, then he quits asking us, what do you like? What do you want? But he begins pointing his finger out and saying, look, these are the folks I care about. I want you to care about them too. This is my agenda. 
It needs to be your agenda too. So, when you come to church, it doesn't hurt every once in a while to leave a little worked up and angry. If something's happened that you didn't like, let that be sort of a red flag that maybe you're thinking too much about what you like rather than about what God has called you to do. And let us leave this place with eyes that are looking for the people who are on God's hit list, the people that he's looking for, and he hopes that his people are out searching for as well, the people who are poor, the people who are captive, the people who are blind, the people who are oppressed, and the people who are lonely and outside the bounds of the kingdom of God. Just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song. And as we sing that song, some of our leaders of the church will go and stand on the sides at the back. And if you are someone that God's looking for, if something is holding you captive, something is pushing you down, if you're just walking through life and you keep running into things because you can't really see where to go, then God is here for you and God's people are here for you. We invite you to go and to let one of our elders, one of our staff members pray with you, help you to begin to find your way to go. But on the other hand, if you came here today wondering if you were going to like it and you came here to see what you could get and you've been a child of God for years and years, then I hope you leave just a little upset and a little more determined to go out and find those that God himself is looking for. Let's stand.